Get yourself together. From the sounds of it, he seems like an okay guy, maybe really boring. I sent a text to my roommate and I was like, hey girl, if you see a snake in my room, don't be alarmed. He's in a latched <laughs> box. He's just here for the night. Oh, don't get me started on health insurance. I got into a fight at a Burger King once. I let them have my phone and no joke, I have 15 photos of cats wearing bunny ears. <laughs> Why is your nipple inside out? So that's kind of fun. That's super exciting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Get Yourself Together, the podcast where we take heavy topics and make them light. I'm Jesse the Therapist. And I am Jackson Carter. Hey. Hi kids. <laughs> What's new with you? Um, not much, but I need to know uh-huh. about this guitar hero business. Oh my god. Oh my god. Okay. Yeah. So my friend Veronica and I, one of my very dearest friends in the whole wide world. <laughs> We had nothing to do on the weekend, which is not usual for me. Normally, I have 8 million things to do. But we were just bumming around her apartment. We're like, man, let's figure out something. So she got it in her head that she wanted to buy Guitar Hero and Guitar Heroes, and we were just going to go out, get it, come back. Simple task. Simple enough, right? Right, yeah. So we go to a a GameStop, a couple other game stores. All of them tell us, oh, we don't have that. We don't have those. We don't have Guitar Hero anymore. Who has Guitar Hero. Are they not cool anymore? Well, it's just, I don't think they're really making them anymore. And they don't, I guess they don't sell used guitars because, you know, they break all the time. Right. So we're like, well, where can we find it? They're like, well, go to a thrift shop. Go to a secondhand store. They are going to be littered with them. Sure enough, we get to uh, Savers. Uh-huh. And there are there's a wall of guitars. They have so many what? guitars Seriously? you can't even yeah. It's ridiculous. And so we pick up a bunch of guitars. They had a bunch of the games too. Oh. Um so we just picked up a bunch of guitar hero games. We're like, great, we're gonna go. And I'm not kidding you. <laughs> For like two hours, we were trying to figure out why these guitars were not connecting. They're like, Well, they're powered on. The game is in the system. Everything should be okay. What is happening? Right. So Eventually, we do some reading, and we realize that you have to have an adapter that plugs into the machine for the guitar to connect to, which, oh. what a lame thing. My phone can connect to literally anything now. Yeah, but you're talking Guitar Hero. It's got to be like, how, how, when does the, like, the first Guitar Hero come out? Oh, God. I was in high school probably like 15 years ago, I would guess, something like that. <laughs> I don't know. A long time ago. Um, but yeah, we so we, after... Hours of hunting and hours of trying to figure this out. A quick Google search just taught us, hey, get an adapter and you'll be fine. Yeah. So then we run to a game store. They're like, well, we don't have that piece. We can order it. It's going to be $70. Oh, I'm like, my gosh. Really? Because we just got four guitars and like six games for like $30. So <laughs> don't you come at me like that. So we got on Amazon. We found it for like seven dollars oh really so yeah we're crushing it over there that's amazing but we didn't get to play guitar hero Uh, so all that all that labor for nothing when really what should have happened is we should have done that google first yes and be like these are all the items that we need for things to work but it was pretty comical trying to see us figure out how to open this my my most favorite was when she was working on the (laughs) Well, yeah, because there was a guitar that we got, and we're like, well, it needs batteries, Mm -hmm. but we, for the life of us, for goddamn ever, and I mean it, could not figure out how to open up the battery pack to this stupid guitar. Like, We just sat there like, it can't be this hard. We're making it harder than it has to be, (laughs) which, by the way, yeah, you probably are. Whatever it is that you're working on right now, you're probably making it harder than it has to be. Right. That's just the general rule. (laughs) Um, But yeah. We we put up a video of Veronica trying to open oh it. Oh my gosh! And then as like as the video started rolling, I sat there and narrated her life <laughs> frantically. And then she got it open, and we both celebrated so hard because <laughs> it happened. And we still didn't get to play Guitar Hero. I, I still haven't played Guitar Hero for like ten years. Seriously? Yeah, I need to get back on board. Yeah. So lock it up. Yeah. Uh, two things I would say to that. Number one, just Google it before you do anything. Yep. Google it. Uh, and number two, if you can't get it to work if, and it's something silly like this, just let it go. It's like, fine. Don't drive yourself crazy with it. Turn go on to, Star versus the Forces go, of Evil. <laughs> go get a coffee. Yeah. Go for a drive. Get a burrito. I don't know. Everything's cool. <laughs> oh, man. What are we talking about today, Jesse? So we are talking about pets and the benefits <gasps> of owning a pet. I love pets. I know you I do. I am so about you it. I love pets in general. I'm going to move my microphone. Okay. Yeah. Is that... Is that okay? 
I mean, something I don't, happening. I don't think it's registering. I'm looking at the recording right now. I didn't Am I okay? register a sound. I want to have better posture. I'm trying to work on my posture and oh. down too low. And I should probably I do felt. that too. Just gonna stand up tall. Here we go. <laughs> Balance a book on my head. Uh, yeah. I need to walk across the room that exactly way. Right. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Tape a ruler to my back. I think I used to do that back in the day. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. I love that. Anyway. Anyway. Pets. We're talking about pets. Yeah. Um. And so. Um, cause you had brought this idea originally to me in season one. We had talked about yeah, it. Yeah, a while ago. And, um, yeah, a while ago. Jesse. Oh, no, I'm not no, mad. No, no, but no. But I was it, just like, took, oh, yeah, I forgot about it, honestly. Right, well, and so, and this is actually a, a very typical segment idea for, like, TV, radio, all that. Like, tell us what the benefits of owning a pet yeah and then they have like the humane society they're talking about stuff lowers your blood pressure or teaches responsibility yeah exactly and so there's there's all these points and so i was like well i really don't want to do go over those points again because they're boring and you guys you already know them yeah if you're listening you already know it in fact you probably didn't even click on this episode because you're like yeah i get it yeah whatever they're good whatever yeah okay fine fair enough um you're probably just messing with your guitar hero yeah we should just be googling it yep that's right happening so um, so I, I kind of dove into the uh, history of pets and why we actually uh, got pets in the first place. Oh. Yeah. Why did we get pets? Because so, that is a silly thing to do, like to take this wild animal and teach it to love you. Right. And by that I mean hold it so tight that it can't get away and eventually just gives up. Why did we do that? Yeah, so so it's actually quite interesting. So the, the, the two top pets that Americans own are cats and dogs mm-hmm. obviously um and and so what's interesting is that um what his hypothesized because we don't obviously know how this kind of all went down um but karen mccomb from the university of sussex in oregon mm-hmm. um so she's really rad she does all kinds of research on cats in particular and pets um oh, man she and i would be best friends. oh my gosh it's really really quite interesting so what she found um, that was really interesting was uh, that cats create the same newborn cry um, to get a human's attention. Yes. Yes. I did read this study. Yeah, it was so, fascinating. Yeah. So they mimic yeah. a child. And, and the, what's interesting is a cat doesn't necessarily need to be around a newborn. Um, cats actually will pass this down through the generations of cats. Oh. So you don't necessarily have to be near a newborn. And, and she's, she's saying God, they're that. they're shifty. Oh, aren't they? Yeah. Um, what she's saying is it's really interesting because it goes off of our instinct to care for our young. Mm-hmm. So that crying, you know, creates us wanting to baby something, essentially. They tricked us. They tricked us. And so we care for them. And all of a sudden now we're slaves because we take care of them, we keep them safe, and we feed them. Because they're our babies. They're our babies. That is the funniest thing I have ever... Isn't that wild? Because, okay, I must have read something else because what I read talked about how in the wild Mm -hmm. or to each other, cats don't talk like that. Cats talk in, like, deep, like, guttural sounds and they, Mm -hmm. like, that's how they communicate. They whisper to each other. Have you ever seen two cats whisper? Yes. They walk up to each other and, like... Yeah, they're always talking to each other. And then they look up at you like, oh, meow. Good to see you. <laughs> oh, hello. Yeah. No. But, like, but they uh, they learn a secret language with just their owners to be to specifically be able to communicate. Because I can hear my cats meow from a million miles away when no one else hears it. I was about to say the same thing. Yes. Like, I know exactly what cry that cat, like, what is going on. Do they need food? Uh-huh. Are they trapped under something? Whatever yep. it is, it's like, oh. That's the scared cry. That's he, that is his cry for I want outside, or yeah. that's his cry for Dick. The food bowl is empty. Yeah. Like, I know what each of his sounds means, and I can hear them so much. For like, I'll go out and be like, oh man, Freddie's at the door screaming, and they're like, I can't hear anything. Any of my friends that are around, open the door. Sure enough, he comes strolling in. Like, what up? I'm here now. He's so cocky. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Well, and what's interesting is that so it it it's kind of the chicken or the egg argument, where uh, they found that cats. Um, like a, a feral cat hangs around humans because we create vermin. <laughs> yeah. Vermin wants to be around us. like Because we leave food everywhere. Yeah, rats and, you know, various rodents and everything like that. So there's all kinds of food naturally for them to get and to kill and all of that. But then we also have started babying them, and they're not idiots, so... They take advantage of us because uh, we're kind of we're kind of dumb. We're kind of dumb, and we're yeah. like, oh, they love us. Or when they do the little, the little paw-paw thing where they... Like 
fluff you up so yeah. they can love you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The kneading. Yeah, the they're making thing. Yeah. They're making bread on your chest. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, they know what they're doing. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No, they're, they're, they're conniving little geniuses. That's why I love them so much. They're so funny. <laughs> Psychologically. Yeah. It's a little wild. So, um, so that's kind of how that came into play. Um, dogs are really quite interesting because there, there are some serious arguments about how dogs came to be domesticated. Mm-hmm. Like, I had no idea, but it was fascinating watching all these professors, like, argue with each other, like, passionately about it. About it's, cat behavior. Well, about dogs. In oh, particular, dogs. And dogs. Okay. And why we... Why we have dogs now. Uh-huh. And so um, one one branch believes that we domesticated dogs to assist in the hunting efforts. Right. So they could they could track. They could be, you know, help us take down an animal, distract. Hurting. Yeah. Yeah. All kinds of, of really useful things. I can see how we would do that, right? Sure. Um, and But then the second branch says that dogs were already following us around to get parts of the carcass. Yeah. And so uh, what was happening there is that uh, the dogs became smart enough to realize that if they were our companions, then they would get better cuts of the meat. They would get more. We would take care of them and keep them safe. Um, if, if they, they loved us. Yeah. If, if they were wounded, we would nurse them back to health, all of that. Oh. So, and, and my argument would be is probably a little bit of both. Yeah. But, yeah. Well, and it, I mean, I don't know. My dogs are pretty dumb. Dogs have been domesticated a lot longer than cats, though. But yes. like, by like five times the like, we have domesticated dogs for so much longer. Right. Because realistically, a cat's a parasite. Like, <laughs> they're only using us. They're, Shh, don't tell the cat. I that. know they're gonna come after me now. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're they're nice because they keep my house like rodent free, but they don't serve much of another purpose. Whereas no. dogs, they can be hunters. They can be herders. They can like dogs have so many real world applications that well, it makes sense that they were always around. Well, and we've bred dogs specifically for things that we want. Right. Well, and that's what I'm saying. Like yeah. down the line, I think they, they were probably pretty smart back in the day. And now they're just kind of dumb because we, we bred them and then, inbred them and inbred them over and over again until we got like a specific look that we wanted because we thought they were cute right um but yeah like they i don't think they're as uh, conniving as cats are like i think i think my dog genuinely loves me and wants to be around me at all times right freddie doesn't have that he loves me just enough to keep me coming back for more <laughs> and like i could see it in his brain i know how he's thinking <laughs> well and and it's interesting because i mean they talk about dogs coming from wolves and that as they, they did this study, and I, I thought I wrote it down, but I must have not. So um, where they took foxes, and mm-hmm. they took the most docile foxes, and they would breed them together. And suddenly they started looking like dogs. Their ears would flop over. They were mm-hmm. able to make eye contact. Um, all of these things that you don't see in, like, a common wolf. Right. Um, so obviously, I mean, we had... Wolf or fox? Uh, well, fox, fox for fox, okay. but they're saying they're saying the same idea happened with the wolf. Got it. So um, you don't you don't see wolves making eye contact necessarily in a bonding way, no. whereas dogs, like smart dogs, will make eye contact with you and will do the little puppy. That's where we get yeah. the puppy dog face, right? Or they'll ask for permission, like, yes. "Hey, is this cool? Like, <laughs> what do you think about this right now?" Yeah. Um, and and that is specific to humans. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, there's no real reason for for humans ne- or not humans uh, animals to necessarily make eye contact like that to to convey something right. through eye contact. Exactly. So it's kind of interesting in that way. Um, the argument you should look it up. It's actually really that's hilarious. It's a bunch of people just just a bunch of old scientists. Like, this mad. is what I think. Yeah. Well, and 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 that's just it. Is is dogs like Egyptians had their specific greyhound looking dogs i don't mm-hmm. know the actual name don't get mad at me but yeah. um some, specific... some sort of god looking dog yeah, yeah and um and obviously i mean we've been doing this for a bit like we've been having them hang out with us for a we're while we're good at it now yeah we, we got it down um so um we're gonna go over the health effects sorry but it is so less less stress by having these pets sure um and and that's what's interesting is like for me i had a dog that was quite destructive of things that dog did not cause me less stress. No. Mm-mm. No. So, a lot of times they were a lot more stressed because yeah, they're caring for a life. Right. And so what, what they found that was interesting was when the pet was not involved in the task, it created less stress. When the dog or animal or pet is involved in the task, it created more stress. Mm-hmm. Good, you know, good about it, worth it or not. Totally. It's just the way it is. Um, they're also really good, obviously, reducing um, blood pressure and anxiety. Um 
less pain, which I thought was interesting because you get oh. that same serotonin dopamine release that you get when you're being comforted by somebody mm. with animals. So oh, that's cool. Yeah, as they like come, they, as they're like with you, it's the same kind of um, being able to to release all of those happy yeah. hormones. Essentially, um, it helps people socialize and get out, and I would agree with that completely. A hundred percent. Yeah, some people get an animal solely to go hit on people, so you got to get a cute puppy. <laughs> so there's that. Yeah, there's that. Yeah. But like going to the dog park and finding people who have similar interests totally. and all of that is, is is pretty cool that way. I'll tell you, as someone who's a out and proud shut-in. Like, <laughs> I love never leaving the house. If it weren't for my dogs, there would be full days where I never left my bed. Like, but I'm like, God, the dogs have to go out. They have to go, like, to the dog park. I got to go do something with the dogs. They definitely keep me more active. If I didn't yeah. have dogs, I would not leave my bed most days. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's interesting. It's great. Yeah, it gets you out, mm-hmm. right? Um, and what's, what's interesting and kind of gross, so animals bring in a lot of stuff dirt feces mm-hmm. all of that They're gross that awesome stuff um so what they found is specifically in children uh, but also in adults it improves your immunity and it creates tolerances to allergies oh so, yeah yeah because that animal is is bringing those things in um kind of the same thing as like if you have uh, if you're allergic to a, a specific plant and i'm not not telling you to do this but i'm just don't, saying this yeah, studies have please shown don't this. actually um where if you get little bits of it at a time, you can grow a tolerance to it. Yeah. Kind of the same concept. Right. Well, I mean, that makes sense because, like, people who didn't grow up with cats are usually allergic to cats. Yeah. It, but, like, yeah. growing up, we always had every kind of animal you could think of. I'm not allergic to anything. Yes. <laughs> I'm not right. allergic to and a yeah, single I bet thing. Your, your immune system is awesome. Oh, yeah. It's, it's just the way it is. Um, and, and this really cool study that I found... So one-third of pets will act differently when their owner's blood sugar becomes low, even if the animal has not been trained um, to notice these things. Yeah. They'll act weird, like if you're if you're weird or intoxicated. They found this also with alcohol. Oh, yeah. The animals will pick up on this and will feel weird and just be weird little buggers or yeah. like pee on things they weren't before and just yeah. not. My cat definitely judges me when I'm drunk. <laughs> He definitely does. Can we put that in a quote box? Yeah, you got it. No, he does. I come home. I get out of my Lyft or Uber or whatever. I walk in the house. Normally, he'll run up to me. He's just like, hey, what's up? Good to see you. But absolutely, he's very formal, though, so he's always like, it's an absolute pleasure to see you. But when I walk in drunk, he goes, oh, my God, you are such a mess. Like He gives me the cat equivalent of rolling his eyes and walks away. Like He is so judgmental. And I'm just like, God, this is why I can't drink in front of you. Again, I personify my animals to a degree that some might say is unhealthy, but like I, I pick I think up it's on amazing. those. Yeah, yeah, I pick up on those cues. Like I know what he's, I know what he's thinking any second of any day. Right. Like. Well, and you, you, you ha- you get a little like friendship. Like my cat, it, when I'm home and I drop off the kids at school and I come in the door, like that's her and I bonding time. Yeah. And, like, we hang out. We and she knows. It. Oh, yeah. She knows the kids are gone, and we get to just kick it. We have, like, in a couple hours where it's just us. It's just us. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean. So cute. Isn't that sweet? And she probably has a different friendship with you than she does with the kids, with your husband. Yeah. Like, we just have this moment, mm-hmm. and then the rest of the time, she is like, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Oh, you again. Oh, okay. Give me she more has water. She's cool in front of the other kids, right, but exactly. <laughs> she's like, secretly, I love you. Right. But, like, like I walk in the door, and it's like, yay, mom's home. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know? That is cool. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that's part of having your pet and understanding, like, Freddy Krueger, which I love. Yeah, he's a good boy. Yeah. Though, I will say, so the other day, this actually came in really handy, because a couple weeks ago, I walk in the house, and he is acting weird, and I couldn't figure out why. But, like, he was just, like, kind of laying there, and not, not, like... I'm sleepy laying here. Like, when he naps, he naps with a purpose. I know when he's <laughs> napping. But, like, he was just laying there. I was like, man, I think he's in pain. And uh, then, like, I started seeing him, like, shake his head a little bit. And that was really Aww. weird. And, like, I could just see in his eyes, like, he was looking up at me, like, help me. And I was like, man, he's got a toothache or something. So I called the vet. I'm like, I'm pretty sure he has a toothache. They're like, well, have you had it evaluated by another vet? No. But I, I'm I pretty sure. Tell. We have a we have a bond. Yeah. And I felt crazy telling this to the vet. But they got it. They got it. Yeah. yeah they, they, that's what they do. Exactly. Yeah. Took him in. Sure enough, had a bad, had a few bad teeth, had to get him yanked. Right as rain. As soon as, uh, like, as soon as he got off 
pain meds, by the way, on cats. Hilarious. Like, they're the funniest thing. Like, they're, they're like, intoxicated. So, But I get him home, and now he's just, like, right back to normal. Like, nothing happened. But within, like, a minute of walking in my door, I was like, man, something's not right about you. What is it? Right. Got him into the vet. But, yeah, I, I wouldn't have been able to tell if it was another cat. No. But because it was my buddy, I knew. Right, exactly. Hello. Hello. Howdy. But, yeah, but because it was my buddy, I knew that something was wrong with him. It's the relationship you have with yeah. him. Is yeah. Is that something that, like, they've trained us to do? Like, hey, you need to be aware when I have issues, or is it just because I'm such a crazy cat person? Well, but as you discussed before, like, cats, if they're in pain, would not talk like that or look no. like that to another cat like he was specifically indicating to you that He's there like, was an issue bro yeah, yeah. Is up. cats are also real good at hiding pain too like yeah or the or like if they feel like they're gonna die they just go away yeah which is because then your cat just disappears and like crap right i guess they're dead someplace no, somewhere i guess yeah they yeah. just didn't come back home yeah that's sad that's not like them yeah 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 all right yeah so that's no. that, that's that whole idea <laughs> We got real dark. I'm sorry. No, yeah, it's all yeah, good. That's all right. And listen, it happens. Yeah. People yeah. die. So, things die. So there are therapy animals. Mm-hmm. And um, Okay. I'm glad we're addressing this. Yes. Go on. Sorry. Yes. So the thing is, is that there is, um, how do we put this? So a therapy animal, an actual animal who has been certified to be a therapy animal, there is a training and cert- certificate or a certificate that they have to get. Yeah. Right. With very clear standards that they have to pass. There's a board that certifies it's them. It's a national thing. Yes. It's a very specific situation. Well, and and for very different things. Like a seeing eye dog for a blind person is not going to pass the same certificate as someone who's trained for seizures or tremors or low blood pressure or whatever. Or trauma or yeah yeah. Like they have specific dogs, like PTSD dogs, that when when you're having a nightmare, they can detect that you're having a nightmare and wake you up. That's crazy, From, right? Oh, or like that's a so flashback cool. or anything like that. And it's it's amazing. Um, but they are certified animals. Yeah. Right. Then there is emotional support animals that can be registered as emotional support animals, but they're not. There isn't necessarily a training program that they have to go through, and that is a state program. Right. Or a municipality, even. Yeah, yeah. It's it's you register, you pay your hundred bucks or whatever. Right. And then they are registered as, as that. Um, and and every place is a little different. Some of them have requirements. Some of them you have they have to pass a little test. Sure. Sometimes you you have to be up on shots or whatever it is. But um, and then there's there's folks that say they have therapy dogs, or cat. It's usually dogs because yeah. dogs are friendly and kind. Um, most people are like, here's my my therapy cat, and it's yeah. like across the room. You're like, okay, well. See, and this is the, okay, I have so much anger about all this. Listen, I love my animals. I love them. They are my whole world. Um, But, and I would love to bring them everywhere with me. Like, I, I want to party with my dog all the time. My dog loves partying, too. She would if I, she'd be more than thrilled if I brought her into work every single day. She would love every second of it. Right. However... I know that not everyone around me loves my dog as much as I do. Like, that's fine. They don't need to. Like, that, that's my special bond with my animal. Right. Most people don't like dogs in public places. Like, they don't yeah. want it. Or even if just a couple of people do, it would be a dick move of me mm-hmm. to bring that dog in and make everybody else uncomfortable. Right. So that's number one. And that's why I don't like... Or I have issues, at least, with uh, the idea of emotional therapy animals mm-hmm. versus actual, like, trained, certified therapy dogs or whatever. Right. Well, because the, the thing with the, the certified dog, you don't touch a service dog. No. Like, They're is, working. Leave yeah. them alone. Yeah. Imagine, like, if I was doing radio and someone came and petted my head. <laughs> like, get out of here. Like, I'm busy. Here. Yeah. Yeah. That's rude. Right. So, I, whereas I do, I do understand... In certain situations where an emotional support animal would be a good thing. Sure. Um, I mean, because I mean, there are people with, like, agoraphobia who won't leave the house without their animal. or the, and, and I see that. But that's an extreme situation. That's a very extreme. And the problem is that people take advantage of the emotional support animals. Yeah. So it, the, it reminds me of a story, actually it was just a couple months ago, of the couple who wanted to take their emotional support peacock onto a plane. Okay. And 
United Airlines was like, no, you can't bring a peacock onto this flight. And they threw a big stink about it. They went to the media. They told everyone they're not allowing our emotional support animal on. It's just like, no, pal, this is probably what happened. You went, you got a certificate printed online or whatever. Right. This is my emotional support animal because you wanted to fly your peacock across the country. Right. Because it's like, it's an Instagram animal. Like, the, it's one of the animals that are big on Instagram and, like, they make money off of the account. So I'm assuming they were taking oh. it out to LA to, like, photo shoot with it or something, which is all fine and dandy. Put them in the. But get a truck. Yeah. Yeah. Get a car, drive across the state. Or put it underneath. I get that that sucks. And airlines are getting better at handling animals yeah, in the baggage sad area. Yeah, about the unfortunate things. Right. But. And it happens a fair amount to the point where I would get it if you didn't want to put your pet there. But then you need to fly. Stop making it everybody else's problem. Because guess what happens? Because that emotional support peacock, that's not a real thing. Like, birds yeah. are assholes. Like, they are. <laughs> and they're loud and they're noisy and they poop every 15 seconds. And, like, they are not... Like, that's a horrible thing to subject the rest of the flight to. Right. Like, that's not an okay thing to do. That's a dick move. And then to say, oh, well, it's my... Like, no, it's not. You just want to take your money-making bird to L.A. for a photo shoot. Right. Which, again, is fine. I'm not... But drive. But drive. Yeah. Don't subject everyone else to it. Like, that's really inconsiderate. And it also makes the argument a lot weaker for actual therapy animals who have a job and are trained. Yes, and and that is where I get really frustrated. Yeah. Because there are people who are, are not, I mean, like, we. I think for the most part we've gotten used to, like, the seeing-eye dogs and all the, like, oh, yes, okay, they're doing a job. We don't pet them, all of that. Right. But there, but there are dogs trained for PTSD specifically. Yeah. Right? An affliction that you can't see. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so you're 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 sitting there and they have they have to wear the service vest and all of that just like anything mm-hmm. else. But you don't see that the person is blind or, you know, whatever the situation is. You're just like, well, what is their deal? Right. And then they get mushed into this this cert like cause the certification and the training process is rigorous with a therapy. Animal. Hard. Yeah. With the emotional support. And wildly it, expensive. Oh my gosh. It's thousands of dollars. Yeah. Thousands. And sometimes like they they'll get puppies and they raise them from puppies all the way up. It's more most common in dogs, but and there's cats and other animals. But, sure. Um, but they they raise them and just the time that goes into these animals yeah. is in, incredibly intense. Years of labor and training and yeah. yeah, it's a lot. And then you get you know well this is my emotional support animal. It was registered through whatever <laughs> county. My vet told me I needed it. Yeah, which yeah. is which is. Fine, and I get that, but I, there are real extreme cases in which a person doesn't leave their home without their right. animal. Right, or... and those people need to be accommodated to before you and you just because you want to party with your dog all day. Right. Like, and and maybe maybe that is a very narrow mindset, and maybe I am kind of the dick for saying, oh, your affliction is not as bad as this person's affliction, but it is a system that it gets abused too hard, and... I, th- I really do think that the only animals that should be allowed into public are the ones that have gone through all the rigorous training and you, you like that a doctor has said this person cannot leave their house without this animal or this person has spent thousands of dollars getting this animal to help them with their day-to-day activities. Yeah. Like if you want to bring that dog into the grocery store or whatever, great, please do. But just because you want to bring your dog, that's not okay. That's not no. cool. Well, and, and then you hear about emotional support animals that are biting people. Yeah. They get freaked out. Because they're not actually trained to deal with the public. Right. Whereas, like, a therapy animal, they they pick on them. Like, they try to get, pull in their ears and do all kinds of stuff mm. to try to rile them up so that they will stay completely calm and there's no, you know, they're docile. Focused. Yeah. And they pretend you don't even exist. I, yeah. Like, oh, who's this guy? Yeah, it's like, what is going on? This is yeah. stupid. Yeah, my, I gotta help my dad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my dad's about to have a panic attack. I can feel it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, um, so, I, and you can be mad at us. I, I get that. Be mad um, at me. Send me an email. GYTshow I, at gmail.com. <laughs> I, I want you to change my mind. Yes. Well, and, and that, as a therapist, like, I've had folks who want me to sign off on an emotional support dog. That is not my role. I'm no. not certified as that. I'm not going to say, You're yeah. You're a dog trainer. Yeah, exactly. I have not personally spent years with this animal training it. Right. So I'm not going to certify or mark off or give you a letter about anything. Yeah. So Animals are important, mm-hmm. and they're a very gr- they're a good part of your life, but it's something that sh- probably should be enjoyed in the comfort of your home. Sure. So, yeah. Anyway. So, so what's interesting is we found some other um, ideas. So, like uh, the nursing homes, 
Um, they they do so well with live animals, mm-hmm. and they even found that um, taking care of five crickets, which cr- crickets don't cost any money, no. and they you know they don't poop or do whatever. Uh, well, they do poop, but not like a cat. Right. Um, so taking care of them, feeding them, doing all that business, reduced depression in uh, nursing home residents in eight weeks, significantly reduced it. Wow. Um, which is amazing because that is not something that they're cuddling with or no. taking, I mean, there's no eye contact with a, with a cricket. It's a bug, guys. Yeah. Let's call it what it, it is. It's a bug. Yeah, it's a bug. Um, but specifically, they found in kittens that needed um, care, like bottle mm. feeding and all of that, uh, nursing home residents did amazing. Like they, they oh, yeah. took care of them. They were right on time. Their memories got better. Um, every, I mean, just amazing speech, depression went down, anxiety went down. They, they attended meals more often. They so- attended social gatherings more often. Right. Like just overall positive. Well, when you, it, it boils down to purpose. Like you, as long as you have a purpose in life, you will live forever. Mm-hmm. I really, really do believe that. Mm-hmm. My great-great-grandmother, Loretta, worked until every single day until she was 96 years old. <laughs> and she didn't leave willingly, I tell you what. Um, <laughs> like, she, her son, or her, I guess her grandson, wa- eventually just told her, like, I think it's time, like, you know, you're, you're not driving as well. We got to get you into a home. Put her in a home. Was dead within six months. Like she, because she didn't have that purpose. She didn't have to wake up. She didn't have to get ready for work. She didn't make her coffee and uh, plan her meals or whatever. Like she no longer had to do those things for herself. And she just like fell apart. Like she wasn't, she couldn't take care of herself anymore because she had no reason to. Right. But when you give people a purpose, when you, when you give someone a responsibility, like they have a reason to get out of bed in the morning Mm -hmm. and like that, the way that we treat seniors in this country, like if there, appalling. if there is one th- way, thing that I could actually stand up and change immediately, it would be senior care in the United States mm-hmm. because we, they're, they're just vegetable farms, yeah. most of these places. And it's no fault necessarily of the caretakers. I'm going to say necessarily. A lot of times there are bad caretakers, but there are a lot sure. of really great people who got into it because they wanted to help. But the system sucks. And yeah, like there's, it's there's not set up for success at all. No, not at all. And and they're basically paying, you know, nineteen year olds twenty or nineteen uh, year olds eight dollars an hour to basically clean up the messes that the old people make until they die. And that's that's no way to treat people. Yeah. And one time I saw a video online. I don't know where it is. If you're involved with it, I need to know immediately because I want to just give tell you're my fucking hero. But uh. They put an animal, like a, a cat adoption center, in the front of a nursing home. Uh-huh. And um, the residents were responsible for waking up. They could go. They went out. They cleaned out the litter boxes. They played with the cats. You could, it was a cat library is what they called it. Oh, my goodness. So you could go check out a cat for the afternoon and play <laughs> in, like, the common room with them. Uh-huh. Um, just watch them mess around. And, like, the residents did so well. And the cats got adopted, like, crazy. Like, you, they couldn't keep the cats in stock there uh-huh. because the people were so fascinated with like oh my god these like these uh, uh elderly folks were really doing great work with these cats and they like they, they, we want one of these cats mm-hmm. um but yeah like that is something that should be implemented everywhere because it gives you a purpose it gives yes. you a reason to wake up every morning that's yeah. so awesome yeah i love that yeah well the same thing is like when this is off subject but then when they put daycares in nursing homes as well. oh i love that too yeah because oh, then, it just breaks my heart i know so cute. Then they interact and yeah. it's a whole engaging process and everybody learns from that yeah you know it's not I don't know. well it teaches and that's another thing that we need to again these are all big systemic problems that can't be fixed with something as simple as us talking about it in this room sure but um it teach when you interact kids with the elderly like it teaches them that the elderly people even though they're not working or buying stuff still have value yes and it teaches them to be more empathetic to the elderly and what the elderly get out of it is that they get to they get to hang out with kids kids are awesome kids Kids are are fun Yeah. Wild. And yeah, and it and it reminds you when you're older, when you hang out with a kid, like you see the world through a kid's eyes when you hang out with a kid. Yeah. And like you're just like, wow, that is really cool. I hadn't even like if I was just going about my day to day business, I never would have thought about that. Yeah, the that rock is kinda green, isn't it? Like yeah, yeah. like it's just such a yeah. beautiful thing to see them explore. And like right. for, for elderly people who are kinda losing that, mm-hmm. like I'm sure it helps them so much to be able to see the world like that again. Yeah. Well and that's the thing, like um Alzheimer's. They they gave them fish, so 
they gave them some colorful fish, and they got to feed them. They didn't clean the tanks because it was kind That's of... That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. Fish they tanks got, suck, by the way. Oh They're my so God, hard. They are so terrible. And then to maintain and uh-huh. balance and this whole thing. So, uh, But they gave them um, colorful fish, and they could... Uh, even folks who couldn't really walk anymore or do anything that were just kind of stagnant, mm-hmm. um, they would just kind of prop them up in front of the, the fish tank. And uh, their their memories and their moods got better. Yeah. Because they, they just sat and they watched these fish and they move and they do things and they, you know, they got to yeah. feed the fish and it's this whole thing. And that is amazing. That shows that a, a living creature can keep our brains stimulated and can be beneficial as we are beneficial to them yeah. as well. I think what it is, because when... <laughs> I wish we I wish more people had more empathy for more people. Mm-hmm. But what it is when you see something like that, when you're looking at fish, like you see like social structures, like certain fish don't like certain fish and how do they interact with each right. other? Like like it's it's like a Sesame Street version of real life. Yeah. And in this little microcosm where like that's their whole world. It is it's fascinating to see that and it helps you reflect on life and how you interact with people. I mean, even if it's subconsciously, like I really do again, I'm, I'm I'm a crazy dog person. I'm a crazy cat person. But like when I watch my animals interact with each other, I, it makes me think about how I interact with the people that I know around me. And I think that that's a really important thing to do. I think that's an important thing to learn. Yeah. And, and just being able to sit and focus in on something like that yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Well, and, and even with uh, dogs in particular, I know you love dogs, but kids who have um, verbal issues or stutter mm-hmm. or have a, trouble reading, um, they actually do significantly better if they're reading to a dog. Yeah. That just sits and because the dog's not being judgmental. Nope. They're not correcting anything. They're just kicking it with the kid. Yeah. Right? Dogs are so patient. They'll yeah. let you read a whole book to them. Yeah. They're like, yeah, okay. War and peace, great. Yeah. <laughs> are there treats involved? Because yeah. I'm down. Because I will sit here all day. Yeah. And they, the, the kids do significantly. So isn't that adorable? Yeah. Where they get this time to just sit and read to the dog. Yeah. I think that's wonderful. That's really, man, I didn't even think about that. Isn't yeah, that, that makes sense, isn't though. is that sweet? Yeah. Well, in guinea pigs, what they, they've, and there's a ton of studies, but um, they found that um, in kids with autism, mm-hmm. it reduces... Uh, STEM behavior or, or the repetitive movements that uh, kids um, on the autistic spectrum tend to have. And also uh, assisted in social interactions if they got to care for a guinea pig. And they didn't even have to be like holding the guinea pig. They just yeah. have to be in charge of the guinea pig. And they had better social interactions. They were more likely to laugh and to be part of the social really? structure of, a, of their classroom. Based, Why is that? Well, I, I, what I would imagine, and, and there's obviously this is showing what happened. It's not saying why it's happening. Um, But just that you are caring for another little person. There's a little person or a little 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 being. Yeah. And, um, and you have to be kind. You have to be soft. You have to be cognizant of your behaviors and what you're doing. Um, And there's a calming effect. Interesting. So you don't have to do the stemming pieces. You don't have to do repetitive comfort movements or or anything like that because you're you're already you're taking care of something else yeah because i know and and i know i don't know if this has anything to do with it necessarily but if i'm walking in the dark i'm terrified oh yeah if if i have my children with me and i'm walking in the dark oh you better believe i'm ready for action yeah you're mean mama i'm taking care of things and so there's a piece of that where you're taking care of something and it's comforting you're like i'm gonna keep this safe yeah and it relies on you um for you it, have to believe in yourself. You don't have another option. Right. And it, oh. I, and I would imagine, like you're saying, it, it builds self-worth and self-confidence and mm-hmm. because something is depending on you and you are good at it. And you're, you're doing a good job. Yeah. Oh, that's so cute. Isn't that wonderful? I can't handle it. Yeah, that's yeah. so great. So, I mean, it's, it's really quite beautiful what animals can bring to our lives. And it's not just reducing blood pressure or making us less lonely. Which is fine. Whatever. Yeah, it's good. But, but there, it's, wow, there are so many more benefits that I had never even considered. Right. And, and finding kind of that little niche and that piece where you can take care of something, and it, I mean, it really can build you up as a person, right. and you you get that bonding with another being, mm-hmm. and it's it's really quite beneficial. Yeah, that's oh, so great. Man, I'm gonna go home and thank my dogs today. <laughs> thank you for making me not such an asshole. <laughs> oh man. Um, all right. Well, what do you say we get into some listener mail? Love it. Great. Um, so this one, it's not listener mail. I lied to you because I read it and I don't know why it hit me like so personally, 
But I really wanted to, I read so many advice columns, like it's constant. I, <laughs> I'm a little obsessive. So I just want to poke around and see what people are thinking about. Right. Um, but this one comes from Dear Amy, which it's Dear Amy. Come on. She's, yeah. she's the best. Um, and if you have a real world problem, I promise we'll get back to those. You of can course. always email it, gytshow at gmail.com or our website, gytshow.com. But this one says, Dear Amy, my sister is three years old, uh, excuse me, three years older than me. When I was little, she would bully me, undermine me, and belittle me, keep her distance from me. Um, she has never been married and, in her own way, has punished me by being unresponsive to my happy marriage and disinterested in my children. She goes through periods of non communication until I reach out to her during her, quote, safer times. During those peaceful periods, she will ask me to emotionally support her, and I do. Finally, she ended all communication with me during the final years of my mother's life when I could have used someone um, to support um, her care. Despite all this, I still feel hurt that she won't at least be friendly with me. I have known her to cut out other people from her life. I am now in that category. I have never known her to apologize or admit to being wrong to anyone, and I don't really expect that. I have tried hard to include her in my family and have done kind things for her my whole life. I can't think of why I might have caused her problems. Why is she like this? Why am I so sad? Oh. So, first thing I would say um, is you're only seeing it from your perspective, I know we talk about that a lot, but I think this is really apt for this. Maybe the bullying wasn't so one-sided when you were a kid. And and maybe like that your sister just feels kind of alienated. Mm-hmm. Um and I guess I would ask you like what do you guys have in common other than blood? Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times I think that everyone feels really tethered to their family, even when it's a really toxic relationship, even when it's really bad for all parties involved because of that blood tie. Is it, is there something more than that that has you bonded? Because maybe you guys just don't get along or, or maybe there's something that you're doing that's kind of keeping her away and you've never bothered to ask or be like, what's, what can I do better? What am I, what's going on, um, on my end of things? Um, and yeah, it sucks. And it's really sad. Like it's, it's hard when you want to build a relationship with someone who doesn't want it back. But again, I think that what needs to happen is you need to have some self reflection before you start asking her what's wrong with her. What, why isn't she talking to you? Because I don't necessarily think this is a one-sided problem. Well, and, and the thing is, I think you're, um, okay, so when we have relationships with people, we have this ideal version that we are looking for. Mm-hmm. And just like when you have a baby or a, you, you're about to go get a dog or like something, yeah. you have this ideal idea of what it's going to be like. Totally. And it, it never is like that. And oh, I, my God, no. Yeah. And I think that with this, maybe you have an ideal idea of. What sisterly bonding is. Yeah. And it, from the sounds of it, for whatever reason, you guys weren't able to c- connect. You had some situations when you were younger where bullying and whatnot. Um, so a piece of you needs to grieve the idea of that ideal sister bond. Yeah. Because it, it's not there. It's not going to happen. No. And also, don't labor over, well, um, why is it like this? Like, why? It's not. It's just you're you and she's her. Yeah. And that's how it is. So instead of that, think of like, um, well, what kind of relationship could we have? Yeah. Based on what we've got going on. Knowing her and her situation and her personality and knowing me and my situation and my personality, like, how can we integrate each other into each other's lives? Right. And it might be only Christmas dinner. Yeah. You know, and that might just be the relationship that you have. Um, If you're looking for emotional support, you need to find it in someone else, I would assume. Totally. Um, Someone that you can can do that with and that you both will be able to uh, reciprocate that. Because it's not happening in this relationship. Even if it's just for small periods of time that you're noticing like, oh, she's talking to me again and then it, it goes over you're just setting yourself up for being hurt over and over. heartbreak over and over yeah. and over again yeah and and she probably has an idea of what she wants the relationship to be and you have an idea of what the re- you want the relationship yeah. to be and they're not lining up at all so i think an honest conversation and we say this all the time super blunt like straightforward. 100%. like when you picked on me i felt like this and then yeah. she can say well when you know you were a little snot and you made me feel like this or yeah. whatever it is and you guys can just 
be blunt with each other. And then what, what a relationship would look like now. Yeah. And what you guys would want, because at this point it's not working. No. And you trying to figure out what you did and what went wrong and why can't you have it and what's wrong with her and all of this. It's not getting anywhere. You're just going to drive yourself crazy thinking, what could I have done differently? It's like, well, don't, don't, you can't worry about that anymore. No. Think about what you can do in the future together. And if, honestly, if she doesn't want to be in your life, she doesn't want to be in your life. And that sucks. And that's hard. And like Jesse said, you're going to have to mourn a piece of that. But, um... That just makes more room in your life for relationships that are meaningful and people who want to be there. Right. And again, the blood tie, that doesn't mean that you get along because you're... No. Well, and so the reason this hit me so personally is um, my my brother and I, I mean, I wasn't really particularly close with any of my siblings. We're very different people. Me and and both my siblings, just very, very different. Not unkind or unfriendly, just different like we don't have a lot of interests that really line up sure um and my brother got pretty heavily into drugs and pretty heavily into crime and he is currently incarcerated oh wow and he sent me a letter recently and it said um i messed up i'm really sorry I want to be in your life. I want to have a good relationship. Like what happened with mom last year really changed me. Um, I realized that there are only a few people in my life that really give a shit anymore. I know that you're one of them. Um, so I want to reach out to you and I want you to be a part of my life. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And like, I, I am very, very happy for him. And I really hope that this is the time that he's changed. But from my perspective, this is the same kid that, Ran my parents into the ground financially, emotionally, who disappeared for weeks at a time and would roll back in uh, after a drug binge, who needed a safe place to hide and some food. And um, that that was hard. That was hard to watch my parents go through. Right. And that was hard to watch my family go through. And a long time ago, I decided that the safest thing for me mentally and emotionally was to keep my distance. We can be friendly. We can be civil. We can even have a good time when we see each other at family gatherings, but I am not going to go out of my way to integrate him into my life because I know that it only leads to heartbreak. I've seen it over and over and over again. And, um, Oprah said it best when she said, you train people how to treat you. He trained me to keep my distance because I, he's unpredictable. Yes. Now, I am trying to reconcile how I'm going to interact with him when he gets out. I'm going to, I'm trying to reconcile how the fuck am I going to answer this letter? Like I, at some point I need to write him back. I should. Um, and I feel like I need to, and I, I I want to, Mm -hmm. it's not that I feel like I need to, I actually want to and tell him, Hey, this is great. And maybe this is the point where, you know, he's been in jail for a while. He's sober. Maybe now's the time where I can tell him, Hey, what is happening? Like, let me be honest with you. I love you, and we will always have a, a a reasonable relationship with each other. But if you want to be a part of my life, and if you want to be someone that I go to, or that, or you want me to be someone that you can come to when you have problems or issues, this is what needs to change. Right. And how do I do that in a way that is supportive and does not deter him from his track? Because if this really is the time that he cleans up and changes everything, I don't want to be the reason for him to, like, I don't want him to feel helpless. And I don't want him to feel like he is working in vain or working for nothing. But at the same time, I have to be real with him and tell him, this is why we keep a distance. This is why we're not close. And this is what you can do to win back my trust and come back into my life. And I will be here to support you. And I love you. And I want you to do better, but I will not do it at the sacrifice of myself. Yeah. And I won't do it at the sacrifice of my family. And I, and you know, dad and all the rest of the family can decide what their relationship is with you. That's not my place to tell them how to do it. That's not my place to tell you how to reintegrate. Right. But with me personally, these are the boundaries. Mm-hmm. And that sucks and that's hard. And it's something that I have been working on personally. Um, but that's the thing that I didn't find in this Dear Amy letter. The person didn't seem to really be introspective at all and think about right. why why what have I done to kind of keep this sister away or what, what rules should I put into place to integrate her back into my life? And that's really important. Yeah. 
Because the only thing about the world that you can change is you Mm -hmm. and how you perceive it and how you interact with the world. The rest of the world isn't going to change on your behalf. So you need to figure out what you're okay with, what you're going to accept, and what you want out of the world and put that out there. Yes. And say, I will not settle for anything less. Right. And even writing it down, I love the idea of a letter Mm -hmm. because it makes it black and white. Yeah. It's like, here is my requirements. Kind of like a contract. Yes, exactly. And that is what you you are requiring requesting yeah. in order for him to be a part of your life. And I, I don't think there's anything wrong with that because if no. someone oversteps, it's like, read the letter. Exactly. This is what I wanted. This is what I need in order yeah. to trust you again. Um, I am unable to do that because of such and such. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and, and that's a hard thing to do. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying it's not hard. It is a very difficult thing to do. Oh, of course. And that's why, I have, that's why I've had his letter sitting on my nightstand for two weeks and I haven't done anything about it because I'm still trying to figure out in my head, a way to help him without harming myself. Yes. Which and and that's another piece that you really have to consider. At what point are you doing more harm to yourself than good for the relationship? Right. In this situation, if she doesn't care for your kids, why are you having your kids go around her? Why do you want? Yeah. Why do you want her around? You know. Totally. Because like, if if people don't want to see my kids, I'm not gonna bring my kids around. <laughs> right. You know. Well, because there are plenty of people in your life that your kids love and that love your kids. Yeah. And, like, they get along and they party together, have a good time. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what you should be inviting into your life. You should be inviting the love. You should be inviting, um, in, instead of thinking of, of it as you walking through a tar pit, constantly trying to get something that's unattainable, think of it as you're the gatekeeper of what you allow in and out of your world. And um, you're, there's power in that. There's a, it is very empowering to realize that you don't have to extend yourself and reach out anymore that you can be the one that decides what happens and when and that's yes. great and i and i hope that whoever this person is who signed the letter no sister whoever this Aww. person ends up being right. um if you end up hearing this really take stock in your life think about all the things that you do have and is it sad that you won't have a relationship with your sister yeah like jesse said go through the grieving process but think about all the good that's still in your life and you could go i mean like your sisters don't have to be blood no. you can have other people oh, yeah. in your life that are just as close as siblings mm-hmm. that you have figured out a healthy relationship with totally yeah all right uh if you have an issue similar to that it doesn't have to be that dramatic but <laughs> anything that you want advice on anything also if we've messed up on anything Please like tell us yeah let us know like I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people who have words to say about our service animal argument. Yeah. Which, great. Good. You should, I would love, send, send me the requirements. I would love to see that because what I was looking at, I mean, it's very diverse state to state. So I would love to see what your particular state or organization does. Yeah. Or, or, um, even if it is, even if it is just, you want to take your dog to bless you. Oh my word. Oh my gosh. Even if it is just you wanting to take your dog to the store because you like taking your dog to the store, tell me why that's beneficial. Like, change my mind on it. It's beneficial. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm never against hearing out another argument. And, and I will, I'll be the first to admit when I'm wrong. I'm wrong all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, if you have any complaints or criticisms or good news or anything, yeah. just hit us up, gytshow at gmail.com. Also, don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Uh, we're currently on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. We're working on getting on a few other directories, mm-hmm. and that's a lot of work, but uh, <laughs> keep doing it on those three platforms. And, of course, be a decent person. Don't be a dick. Hi.